Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Pectes Pasuke, it's in continuing, ninth chapter, the fifth verse. Kiachaim Yodim Shiamusu, for the living know that they shall die. Vamesim Enam Yodim Uma, and the dead don't know anything. Vein Odlahem Sachar, and they have no future or further gain. Kinishkach Zichram, for their memory is forgotten. The Medrash on this verse brings an interesting story. Supporting the interpretation that we've seen, identifying the living and the dead, respectively, as the righteous and the wicked. Medrash and Kohas Rabbah says, Kechayim yodim shiamusa, for the living know that they shall die. Rebichia Rabbah, Rebi Yonason, these two sages, Havan Mahalachin, Kome Arise, Rebi Shimon ben Yossi, ben Laconia. They were engaged in the burial and walking by the casket of the sage Rabbi Shimon ben Yossi ben Laconia. Have a talise de Rabbi Yonason, Mahalcha alarone. And the talis of Rabbi Yonason was actually draped over the casket. Omarle Rabbi Chia Rabbo. Rebbechia Rabbo said to Rabbi Yonasan, Telei Talisach, take your talis, take it off the casket. Lest they say, tomorrow these pompous living fools are going to join us and look at how they treat us in such a disgraceful manner, rubbing in our face the fact that we can no longer fulfill divine commands. One who is dead is called nifter, exempt from the ability to actualize a divine will in this world. So how could you dare flaunt that capacity when, although you're alive now, you're, you're on the way there. It's a chutzpah. Amalei, so Rabbi Yonason said back, Rabbi, he said to Rabbi Chia Rabbi, my master, lo ksiv, doesn't our verse say, the dead don't know anything. The verse says, calm down. You think he knows? You think that this is a problem, that he's, my, my talus is draping on his casket? Not, not causing him any problems. Amalei, b'ni, Rabbi Chia Rabbi said to him, my son, Good job. You know the verse. Midrash ain atiyadeh. But the medrash, you don't know. The drash on this verse, you do not know. Ki hachaim yodim. What does it mean that the living know? Eloat tzadikim. That is the righteous. The righteous know. Shafilu b'misosan kruin chaim. Because even in their death, they are called alive. So the one who's in the casket, Rabbi Shimon ben Yossi ben Laconia, is a tzaddik. He knows what's going on. He's called alive. 
And the part of the verse that you quoted, and the dead don't know, that refers to the wicked. Because even while they're alive, they're called dead. They don't even know and have the perspective because of their wickedness while they are biologically alive to act in the right living manner, connected to true life, to God, the source of all life. So they are called dead. How do we know that the righteous are called living even in their death? As the verse states, to the land that I have sworn to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, it doesn't say to the patriarchs, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. God said to Moses, say, go and tell them, that which I promised, I took an oath, I have fulfilled it. I promised them, I'm fulfilling it. Shenamah, as the verse states, to your descendants I will give it. So the righteous, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, are called alive. They're being addressed as, the, as, they were, as if they were alive in the fulfillment of the covenant that God made with them. It doesn't say that God promised the patriarchs who are no longer on the scene, they are considered on the scene. Urshayim Kurimesim, and the wicked are called dead. Tersiv, as the verse writes in Yechezkel, Yeches Lamed Beis, Im Echbots Bemos Hames. Does God desire the death of the dead? It's rhetorical, certainly he does not. Vachia Mes Mes, and does the dead die? They're already dead. Elo Elu Harashayim. Rather, the verse means the wicked. God doesn't desire that the wicked die. Even while they are yet alive, they are still called dead. So Rabbi Yonason responded back, Blessed are you, Rabbi Chiyarabo, who has taught me the Midrash. And now I understand that the verse is not just talking about the dead, but it's referring to the wicked. Neshako al Rosho. So he kissed him on his head. It's not entirely clear who kissed who, but normally such an act would be the Rebbe to the Talmud that he was uh, valued that the Talmud had a genuine appreciation for the Medrash. Let's take a look at the next Pasuk. Pasuk Vav. Gam ahavosam, gam sinosam, gam kinosam. Referring to the wicked. Also their love, also their hatred, also either their jealousy or spitefulness. Kvar avada. It has already been lost. V'chelek ein lahem od la'olam. And they have no further portion in the world. V'chol asher naso tachas hashomesh. And all that transpires under the sun. The wicked are gone. Let's see the Targum. 
Basar Mosehon Dirishayo, after the death of the wicked. Lais Bahon Sarach. They have no further need. Af Rechimason, even their love. Af Sinason, also their hatred. Af Kinason, even their jealousy. Hokvar Hovdun Min Alma. It's already been lost from the world. They have no role. These various intense emotions that can be pivotal in affecting the world. Once the wicked are gone and their emotions and their ability to wreak havoc in this world die with them. V'chulak tov leslahon od, and they have no good portion further, im with the righteous, l'almodase, in the world to come. V'leslahon hanoya min kol ma disavid ba'almahadein techos shimsha. And they have no benefit from all that transpires in the world under the sun. So once the wicked who live their lives entirely for the physical existence of this fleeting world, once they depart, it's gone. They have no further connection and they have nothing in the world to come. They don't have a, a share, a good share, with the righteous in the eternal life and they are lost from their connection to this world in death. Let's see Rashi. Gam Ahavosam, also their love. Shahavu Pesi What do the wicked love? They love folly and mockery. This is the love of the wicked. Gam Sinosam, also their hatred. Shasanodas, they hate knowledge. The wicked hate knowledge. So these terrible relationships. To love that which is folly and mockery, to hate that which is knowledge. That in their deeds they have been spiteful to the Holy One, blessed be He, through their handiwork. All that is done when they die. And they have no further portion. And all that is transpiring under the sun. Says Rashi, They have no gain, no benefit. From the merit of a son or a daughter. For those wicked ones, That served false gods. The service of false gods is such a cardinal sin. It is so heinous that the wicked who engage in idolatry cut off their ability to receive residual benefits from their natural connection and continuity of their sons and daughters. The Elam Kaparla and they do not have full atonement after their death. So of all things, Rashi is telling us, and 
in the Pshat and the Pasuk, in, in the simple interpretation of the verse, they have no share in what takes place further in this world. The most basic connection that a person has after they depart this world is those that they have impacted, they've brought children to the world, there's a degree of continuity. And if their children do good, so they, in theory, should accrue merit. Why would those who engage in idolatry be cut off from that natural consequence of what they did? No atonement after their death, no complete atonement, I should say. The scar of idolatry on their soul will always be a sense of embarrassment for them. In the pass-fail sense of recognizing God through his creation, in this life, if they engage in idolatry, it's a fail. So, we know that God engages in all of his measures of judgment through a process called mida connected mida, measure for measure. There is a an appropriateness for how punishment is meted out. And we find the Torah says, Bonim atem You are the sons to the Lord your God. Humanity, human beings, are considered created in the divine image. We share features with characteristics. We have free will. We have various characteristics that are aligned to be evocative of the divine being. Obviously, the, the ultimate existence and being is God, but we are in His image. We are called sons, children of the Lord our God. And a person who engages in idolatry is cutting himself off from that source of life. Idolatry is thematically, through classical Jewish writings and the prophets and the Talmud, it is called death, the dead. Idolatry is connecting to death because it is being cut off from life. If one engages in the service of false gods, they are diverting their energies to something that is meaningless and is not alive. It is not worthwhile in any, in any true sense. To the contrary, it is lacking the recognition of where their service should be directed. They are cutting themselves off from their source. They are sons of God acting as though they are not sons of God. And therefore, it is appropriate that their own children are cut off from them. That is mita connected mita. That is measure for measure. So for the heinous crime of idolatry, they lose what should be the native connection to this world, residual benefits of what they did, something good that is carried forth that their children do. But nonetheless, for the sin of idolatry, they are cut off. They do not have that schus. They don't have that benefit because of the idolatry. And their atonement is never complete. The atonement after their death, although of course there's punishment, but for the sin of idolatry, the intense embarrassment and shame for missing the boat in such a fundamental manner within this life 
that shame can never be entirely erased. Let's see this far now. Gam avosam, gam sinosam, gam kinosam, kvar avoda. Also, their love, also their hate, also their jealousies or their spitefulness has already been lost. Obad zichram, their memory is lost. From that which they passed through their lives. Without the power of the soul to recall them. And with this has been lost their love, their hatred, their spitefulness, or jealousy. Now that they have died, these intense emotions, which they felt bound up in, in their lives, they no longer have the energy to actually experience such emotion. They don't have the koch nafshi to be enmeshed in whatever aroused these intense emotions. It all is distanced from them. So they will not have a sense of pleasure or suffering from these intense emotions. It's, it's all just too distant after they pass on. Because they do not lack, that they do not have after death. Because after death, they no longer have the biological life. They're not living in the natural existence in this world. And also, they don't have the spiritual energy. To experience either the suffering or the pleasure through their connections that they had in this world. And there's no need to engage, to try, to achieve any of these emotions or to flee from any of them. They're in this state of, of being that is divested of these emotions. The Ibn Ezra says, Also their love when they were in life, and their hatred and their jealousies, they have no portion in the entire world evermore. It's done. As intense as those emotions were, as caught up within whatever it was, that they experience in this life, it is totally gone. He doesn't use the term heva havolim, but it has no continuity after their death. Mitzudas David says, Gam avosom v'gomer, kvar avoda, rotzelomar me'ato ein to'eles, from this point forward, after death, there is no gain or benefit Bimashiavo das Visano Rot Resha 
it's too late. Now, there's nothing to be gained by coming around to love knowledge and hate wickedness. And to even be jealous for God in a zealous manner. To feel angered, wrathful towards those that violate His will. Although this would represent a 180 from their perspective in life, it's too late. It doesn't make a difference. V'chelek v'gomer, Metsudah Zavid continues, Me'atov yad olam, now and evermore, E'en lehem od chelek v'chol hadovar ashenaso olam. They have no further role in all that transpires in this world. So these emotions are just in the wind, as it were. It doesn't matter if they change their position. It's gone. They have no more grasp on this world. Let's see, Talumas Chachma. Gama Avosam. Machmas Sharashayim Choshvin B'machshavtam. Since the wicked in their thoughts believe, She'ein Shum To'eles. There's no further gain. Me'echad L'chavero Achramoves. There's no further connection after death. These emotions, love, hate, it's all gone from what they perceive, the wicked perceive. Once they die, lolios melitz v'lomakatrik. After their death, there's no more room for impact, not to act as an intercessor or an accuser. V'tov lehem lasos kol in your name, and therefore it's good for them to complete all of their matters, v'ligmor asiyasan, and to finish it, hein ha'ava, whether it be an expression of love, o asina, or hatred, o akina, or jealousy, hakol b'chayem, get it all through in life. Ki'achem osam, because after their death, l'fi machshavtam, according to their perspective, gamav osam v'gomer, all of it is lost. Talmus Chachma is saying that this is all from the perspective of the wicked. V'hine, and one who thinks that this is so, he will be saddened by them. Because according to this perspective, the person is worse off than any other life form. And his existence is the epitome of futility. And therefore, leading into the next verse, go and eat and rejoice in your bread. King Solomon is saying, do not become saddened and depressed with such a thought. It's a false thought. It's, it's the most tragic thought to view a human in such a way. That's the Talmud's Chachmah's Pirush.